0: Hey friends, this is Andy. Chorus.ai is the platform for the Vice President of Sales. Chorus believes that customer conversations are a company's most powerful, but most underutilized and overlooked asset. With every sales call and meeting seamlessly recorded, transcribed, and analyzed in real time, Chorus.ai provides an unparalleled view into your sales and customer success teams. Highlight coachable moments, uncover insights about your competitors, proactively identify at-risk deals, and so much more with Chorus.ai's elegant and easy-to-use solution for today's data-driven sales leaders. And even better, reps can get started for free today and start seeing real results within the first five minutes simply by going to hello.chorus.ai forward slash signup. That's hello.chorus.ai forward slash signup. Remember, Chorus.ai, today's platform for the VP of Sales. It's time to Accelerate! Hey, friends. This is Andy. Welcome to Episode 611 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of Record. I'm honored to be joined by my guest today. Joining me on Accelerate is Joe Appelbaum. Joe is the CEO of Ajax Union, a digital marketing agency. He's a business strategist, a keynote speaker, coach, and author. And if you may check out his YouTube uh, channel, you'll see that he's also, in certain circumstances, an aspiring hip-hop artist. I mean, <laughs> he, he may get me for saying that, but uh, it's very entertaining. You want know, to check those out. So, in today's conversation, we're going to dig into how your marketing team can have a direct impact in helping your sales team win more deals. And among the many topics we're going to talk about is how and why marketing has to be more involved in a hands-on fashion in helping sales qualify the leads they generate. And we're also going to get into why why we need to use technology in both sales and marketing not to facilitate our ability to sell remotely, but to help us build closer and more solid relationships with our buyers. So make sure you stick around. Check that out. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 611. As always, we provide breakdown of this and all conversations on Accelerate. Before I talk with Joe, let me remind you that today's show is brought to you in part by Chorus.ai. Chorus.ai makes your customer conversations work for you. VPs, sales enablement managers, and AEs alike all benefit from the power and ease of Chorus.ai's platform. To get started with Chorus.ai, just go to Chorus.ai. That's Chorus.ai. And check it out. All right, let's get at it. Joe Appelbaum, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. So, have uh, Two New Yorkers talking. So I'm a, I'm a transplant. You you're probably a native. But uh, <laughs> I was raised and grazed in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've only been there a little less than ten years, but uh, still. did you get mugged while you were there? Okay. No. I gosh. <laughs> it's, not yeah, anymore. Not, not in Manhattan. Anymore. That was that was decades ago. When I'd visit on business. I yeah. Mugged and yeah. propositioned, but uh, yeah, now <laughs> now I I tell people I feel safer in New York City and Manhattan than any other big city yeah, in the country. Of all right. So I opened the show with a standard question I ask all my guests. And that is, in your opinion, what, what what's the single biggest challenge that's facing sales reps today?
1: The single biggest challenge that's facing sales reps today is having a solid list of customers to go after. You see, salespeople that are good at sales They're amazing when you put them in front of the right people. The problem is that we often take salespeople and we get them to be the qualifiers instead of doing marketing to qualify your salespeople. You see, I've worked with over 1,100 companies. Yeah, Yeah. We need to be using marketing to qualify the prospects instead of using salespeople's time to qualify prospects. It's ridiculous. I've worked with over 1,100 companies. And out of those 1,100 companies, many of them that were failing were failing because they were having their salespeople take unqualified leads and work them and work them and work them instead of trying to figure out who their most ideal customer is and identifying the best way to add value to their pain. So in
0: essence, salespeople were doing marketing.
1: Salespeople were doing marketing but they didn't realize they were doing marketing. They just were doing whatever their manager told them to do, which in that case is calling picking up the phone and calling, or taking leads that marketing gave them and trying to qualify those leads. And the reality is, those leads are not qualified. Why should you, as a salesperson, be trying to qualify a
0: lead that's simply not qualified? Well, there's qualifying and then there's qualifying. So, you know, there's marketing qualification, there's sales qualification. Which one are you referring to?
1: So there's a common, So, for example, Let's say you have somebody that fills out a form on your website, right? They put in their name and their email. So some people have their salespeople call them back. Well, obviously, if they put their name in their email, they're ready to buy. But the reality is, there are other inf- there's other information that you need to get out of them in order to know if they should even be talking to a salesperson, like how much revenue do they do, what their budget is, um, what their actual need is. So you can have marketing automation tools be able to get that information out of them before the salesperson starts calling them and hounding them and hounding them and hounding them. them. There's a company that sells saunas. So I went online just to be able to test their sales process. And I just put in my name and my email and my phone number. And they've been calling me every single day for about a month. (laughs) Having salespeople call me every day. And I'm I'm not picking up. I see them calling. It's on the caller ID. I don't pick up. I want to see what messages they're leaving me. I want to see what emails. they're not, First of all, they're not even sending follow-up emails. They're just calling and calling and mm-hmm. calling and calling. They're not emailing me. They're not connecting with me on social. They're not qualifying me. They're not nurturing me. They are literally just calling. What's wrong with you? Do you have nobody else better to call? Do you have no prospects that are actually have better indicators that help you call? I'm not talking about just calling a random company that didn't raise their hand. I'm talking about somebody that already raised their hand. Don't bother calling them unless you know they're qualified. That's the idea. Okay. So,
0: yeah, this—I mean, this obviously raises lots, lots of questions about sales behaviors. We sort of let off earlier because, uh, you know, some of the worst offenders in this are, you know, companies that sell marketing and sales automation tools. <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, I mean it's. Well I think there's this there's this debate going on within companies in the sales world and so on about okay, well, yeah, who's really responsible for what i mean you can make you can yeah. make, you can make the the argument and i I've made this argument that well hey, cold calling right there's in the sales world, you know there's sort of this like schism that exists between those that think that the only way to develop a prospect is cold call. And the others who believe the only way to develop a new prospect is through inbound you know, and the twain shall never meet, uh, though there is obviously a middle ground. But you know, think about it. I mean, cold calling is really awareness building. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's cold calling it's fundamentally is fundamentally a marketing. It is a marketing. Cold calling is definitely a marketing tool. And if you're using your best, best sales rep for a marketing tool, you're not, just, you're not being efficient. It's fine if you don't want to be efficient. It's fine if you make so much profit off each deal, that it's worth it for you to have major inefficiencies. But most organizations that I know are not highly profitable. And their sales reps are not giving them a return on investment. So, you have to really think about the most profitable way for you to use your really good salesperson's time. You see, we at Ajax Union, we worked with a company called MakerBot. I don't know if you ever heard of them, yeah, but they yeah. manufacture 3D printers. That's they have 25 right. sales reps. They 25 sales reps, and the 25 sales reps that they had there needed more leads. Now, they were spending tens of thousands of dollars on AdWords every single day, and what they needed to do is they wanted to drive more leads, and the AdWords was not producing enough leads to keep their 25 sales reps happy, to keep them occupied, to keep them busy. So they called us in and we looked at it, and we saw that there were major inefficiencies within their AdWords campaign. We changed all the targeting, we changed the inefficiencies, and we doubled their lead flow. Now the problem with that is when you're doubling your lead flow, now the sales reps are inundated with many more leads that they never had before, and their sales went down. Their sales didn't go up, their sales went down, because before, they were able to properly qualify and properly deal with each lead and milk that lead, and they were able to close the deals. And the best sales rep got the best deals before, but there were just not enough deals, and There were not enough leads. Mm -hmm. Now that there's too many leads, the best sales reps were dealing with garbage leads. So their sales actually went down. So they came to us and they are like, great news. You doubled our leads. We're so happy. That's what we hired you to do. What is it going to take for us to be able to improve our sales? And we looked at their process and we said, your sales reps can't be qualifying the leads. We need to have marketing automation. They're like, yeah, we paid for Marketo, but we can't implement it because our current agency and the current people internally told us it takes six months to do and blah, blah, blah. I was like, six months to do? Yes, six months to finish the whole thing, but you can get started in three weeks and get a certain portion of it done, the qualification portion of the email logic done. So they're like, all right, take a stab at it. We took a stab at it, and within 60 days, we doubled their sales because the best salespeople were getting the best leads coming in from AdWords, and they didn't have to deal with all the other stuff because the software was taking them through a logic tree that would indicate which leads are the most likely to be able to close within a certain time frame, and which leads had the highest potential order. So you know what the priorities are. You see, people don't need to manage their time. Salespeople do not need to manage their time. Salespeople need to manage their priorities, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about. If you know which lead is the it, what you should be spending your time with if you know which events you should be going to, if you know which neighborhoods you should be hanging out with, that's what makes the difference between a great salesperson and an amazing, incredible, phenomenal salesperson. It's not just having really good sales skills. It's also understanding how to communicate with your prospects, how to leverage technology to help you out. And that's going to make all the difference between having a successful sales campaign and just failing
0: miserably and not getting your return on investment. Yeah, no, I, I agree on the, the whole idea of prioritization versus managing time. And I, and I, I also agree you know, that, that at heart, I mean, there's really very few skills someone needs to master in order to be able to build the relationships that they need in order to sell something, and very few skills they need to master in order to leverage the technologies you talked about. I mean, it's, it's prioritization. So, um, I do have to ask you a question, a little bit of a digression. So, tell me about the hip hop video on your website. Uh huh. So, one of the things that I realized—I think you're the only B two B marketer I've interviewed that has the B two B has a hip hop <laughs> video on their website. But
1: anyway, one of the things that I realized after going to dozens and dozens of networking events every single year—I tried to go over over 100 a hundred a year—but every single networking event that I go to, people have these lame elevator pitches. Right? You hear like, "Hi, hey, I'm Bob." And I sell marketing automation. Oh, hi, I'm Nancy, and I do phone systems. If you need a phone system, call me. If you don't have a phone to call me, I don't know, I don't know what you should do. Right? I, I don't know. Like, dude, I, I, I tune out. I'm on my phone, I tune out. But when I get up, and I'm like, yo, 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 my name is Joe. I'm the B2B to B2B sales pro. I do 10X conversions. I make it rain. You should hire me so I can solve your pain. Everybody's paying attention. They all put their phones down. I get a round of applause. Everybody stands up and nobody ever forgets. No, you're quite nobody good. forgets. I'll say this again to all the sales reps listening to this. Nobody Will forget when you do things with enthusiasm and you stand out. Now I'm an Orthodox Jew. You see me? I have a beard. I have a yarmulke. You're the. I look like a the second coming of rabbi. Exactly, I look like a rabbi, and I'm sitting over there eating my kosher meal. It's all wrapped in paper foil with a bunch of stickers on it, and I'm like all different from everybody else. But I'm also going to be very different when I'm going to show my elevator pitch. Sometimes it's an opera song. Sometimes it's a rap. Sometimes it's me just trying to get up and do some comedy, which ends up bombing and I end up looking like an idiot. But you know what? Jerry Seinfeld, every single day for 40 years, he went to do stand-up comedy. He kept practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing until he became Jerry Seinfeld. And you just wake up one day and be, I, I watched him speak and I got up on... The same stage as Jerry Seinfeld, and I also did comedy on Gotham Comedy, and I had the the yitzes to go do that <laughs> in front of 300 people. But you know, it took it took a lot of self development. And Jim Rohn, I don't know if you ever heard of Jim Rohn. Sure. But if you're a salesperson, and you haven't heard of Jim Rohn, you gotta you know listen to what he says. And one of the things that he says is you have to work harder on yourself than you work on your business if you want to succeed. You have to work harder on yourself. It's all about personal development. You want to be great at sales, you got to develop yourself and you got to develop your systems and you got to develop your skills. But that's me. That's me overcoming my fears, my fears of rejection, my fears of not being enough, my fears of failure.
0: So that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but that definitely takes you on a road. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is great. I mean, because it's one of my huge themes on the show and in the work I do with companies is, is yeah, how do we, how do we inspire? Salespeople, regardless of age, how do we inspire salespeople to invest in themselves, as Jim Rohn talked about? Uh, and that, I think that's one of the real central challenges, maybe not just in sales, maybe in every profession, but certainly in sales these days, is that there's not enough time being spent. I mean, it, not enough books being read, not enough podcasts being listened to. And that's not saying that just because, you know, we're, we're on a podcast here today, just not enough. Yeah. I mean, I know how many people listen to podcasts. I know the You know, sales podcasts. I talk to other podcasters. I know how many books, you know, the best selling sales authors are selling. Uh, In the grand scheme of things, compared to the number of salespeople, it is tiny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a salesperson out there, your competitive advantage could be doing any one of those things. I mean, if you're a salesperson and you don't have a podcast, get a podcast. How long does it take to make a podcast? I'm doing sales. I'm trying to target Inc. 5,000 companies. You know what I decided to do? I decided I'm going to call 178 companies and do interviews with them. I'm right. going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to set up interviews, and I'm doing it. I already did 30 this month. I'm going to do 30 next mm-hmm. month. I'm going to do 30 the following month. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I'm going to be asking them I'm going to be asking them intimate questions about their marketing budget about what they believe in, what they don't believe in. And they're going to trust me because they're on a podcast. And they're going to give me all the information that I need. And guess what? 90% of them are not going to be qualified leads for me. But 10% of them are. And I'm going to show the world how I can use a podcast that's a marketing vehicle that helps out those companies and gets them tons of exposure but also helps me out to identify the most ideal companies for me to work with.
0: Yeah, well you can even take it a step further. Yeah, we (laughs) have working with companies to help them Come with podcasts where they target as guests, qualified prospects, but the decision makers within qualified prospects.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, do you, a a
0: you want to build a relationship with a decision maker,
1: get them on a podcast. Get them on a podcast. It's powerful. And, you know, I have a friend of mine who owns a social media agency, and she has a podcast for women executives at major corporations that are in charge of social media budgets. And she builds relationships with them. One at a time on her podcast.
0: Yeah: It's a great tool. It's a great yeah. tool. All right. so um, okay, now we know about, about the hip-hop. love the answer. So tell me a little bit about uh, Ajax Union, or tell the audience a little bit about Ajax Union and what, what you do? Yeah. And first of all, yes, maybe the name is the name in, are you not a it's almost like a football club name, you know like uh, yeah. Ax from uh, Netherlands and so on. has nothing to do with that.
1: No, some people say where does Ajax come from? And I say Ajax comes from my imagination. So there's a couple things that are named Ajax. Number one is the cleanser, right? There's the Ajax cleanser. There's the Ajax technology, asynchronous JavaScript and XML. There's the Ajax team. Mm -hmm. So we're not we're none of those things. Yes, we are team players, yes, we can clean your reputation, and yes, we are the most technically advanced people you'll ever meet when it comes to digital marketing and or business strategy. But most of all, it's about A, J, and X. It's about our team. It's about our executive team. It's about you, the customer. And for us, when we started our business, I started with a a man named Alan Friedman, and I was Joe, so it was A, J, and X, and X was the customer. It was a union, a partnership between X and A and J. Mm -hmm. Um, Now now we built out an incredible team, And we allow our employees to be the ones that have the relationship with the customers. And we've serviced over 1,100 companies doing all types of marketing for them. And now we're really focused on B2B marketing. So our focus in the past two years have been supporting companies with sales teams that are B2B to generate new leads using the internet, to nurture those leads using marketing automation and technology, and to do something called account-based marketing. If you take a look at your p if you take a look at your sales report on QuickBooks, and you identify all the sales that you've made, let's say you have 1,000 sales that your company made over the past several years, and you will identify that 80% of your revenue came from 20% of your clients. And there are 20% of your clients that give you 80% of your problems. It's the classic 80-20 rule. So why not make a list of your dream 100 clients that you want to go after, and literally go after the executives, the decision makers, the influencers, the users, the buyers within those companies, put them into a marketing funnel and target those companies so your sales reps know what's going on. And we developed technology called B2BX. You can go to ajaxunion.com slash B2BX to see the video that I created and to watch the webinar. So that's the wrap video on there. And when you go there you'll see we build technology that allows you to see who's coming to your website, what they're doing on your website by you know recording their mouse when they come to your website, what they're doing with their mouse and how they're clicking, if they filled out any forms halfway, and also recording every single call that comes into your company and telling you what they clicked on in Google in order to find you. So a lot of people can't track those things. So we like to track all those things. We set up your strategy for you. We set up your campaigns. And we make sure that you have a really, really high and effective digital marketing campaigns specifically for B2B companies that have sales teams, that ha- even many that have a marketing team, they supplement us with our specialty to help them be able to get something called an ROI. Now, if you don't know what ROI stands for, it stands for return on investment. And many people don't know what the return on investment is in marketing, and they don't really have a strategy. Their strategy is, well, let's just throw things at the wall.
0: Yeah, isn't it the famous John Wanamaker statement? You know, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted, I just don't know which half. And the
1: problem is is that you're not learning from technology which half is not working. With technology, there's no excuse. You know which half works, you know which half doesn't work, and you can optimize for the half that works, and you can get a better return on investment. And most people are not doing that because they simply don't know that they can do that. Yes, for newspaper, you don't know which half doesn't work. But with Google AdWords, with email marketing, with marketing automation, with social media, you can figure out which half doesn't work, and we can show you how to do that by getting on a phone call with you by setting up your key performance indicators. If you don't have KPIs, if you don't know which indicators to look for and you're not measuring every single day and you're not getting a daily report comparing you to yesterday, to last month, to last year and figuring out if you're moving up or down, if you don't have a marketing funnel set up correctly so you know who's in the top of the funnel, who's in the middle of the funnel, who's in the bottom of the funnel and split up by the different types of personas which are the decision makers, the influencers, the users and the buyers in the B2B space, if you don't have a sophisticated system like that, then you're missing out on an opportunity to have a better conversion rate, which means better profit. And if your company is just about top line, that's great. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you care about your EBITDA, if you care about your profit, and you want to be able to grow profitably, we might be a good solution for you to
0: have a conversation with. Alright, so let's talk about ABM. So, this is something you're really focused on. You talked about it. I have to admit, I was Kind of amused. You had an interview on your website. I was looking at there. You called it a a new methodology. So, is it really? It's a new methodology from a digital standpoint because a
1: lot of people, when they're doing digital, they're not doing ABM. What they're doing is they're casting a wide net. Have you ever heard of that term? Cast a wide net. Sure. And put out articles and blogs and search engine optimization, search engine optimization, inbound marketing is not ABM traditionally. But taking the old methodology of ABM and mixing it with the new methodology of social media and combining ABM within social media, you can now not only target but retarget individual human beings, individual people with an ABM strategy that will help you be able to leverage all the technology that's going on and be able to target the right people, fill them up into your funnel, and use this new method
0: to do an old, th- an old strategy. Yeah, which is to prioritize the fewer, bigger accounts that are, that are going to uh, help you grow more quickly.
1: But not profitably. just that. Not, not just prioritize the fewer, smaller accounts that will help you grow more profitably, but the way that you do it. The messaging that you send, the different personas within those accounts. See, a lot of people, they just send bottom-of-the-funnel messages to top-of-the-funnel prospects. And they do this in the ABM world, and they fail over and over and over and over. What you want to do is you want to figure out how you can send top-of-the-funnel messages to top-of-the-funnel prospects and the right top-of-the-funnel message for the right type of persona. So it might be you're targeting an influencer, which could be the CEO. Well, the CEO, when they're at the top of the funnel, when they don't even know who you are, they don't care about you. Why are you sending them buy now messages? What you need to do is you need to educate them about the market and what the CEO actually cares. If you're targeting the director of sales, if you're targeting the CFO, if you're targeting procurement, if you're targeting the SVP of supply chain management, it's a different message. And if they're in the top of the funnel, which means they don't even know who you are, you can't be sending them messages about you because nobody cares about you until they know how much you care about them. Now, once they get to know you and they're in the top of the funnel, then they have to build trust with you, which means you want to send them testimonials and case studies and information like that. And once you send them that and they're engaging with that, you want to take them from no to trust, then to like you, which then you start talking about how great your company is. But you don't want to get there right away because that's just like a sleazy sales approach that just doesn't work anymore in today's world.
0: Well, it seems to be one of the problems that the companies have with using inbound or ABM is, is that they sell in a way using the technology in a way that they wouldn't in a face to face, in terms of Correct. the presumptions they make about how they can presume on the relationship I mean, too early and so on.
1: I mean, look at your B2B, look at your average B2B company that has Facebook, that has Instagram, that has Twitter, that has LinkedIn. They're selling, they're just straight selling, and they're wondering why they have no engagement. Go to your, if you're listening to this and you're a sales rep, I want you to go to your own company's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and tell me how much engagement you have chances are you have very low engagement, like extremely low, like it's crickets. Why? Because your messaging does not match the personas that you should be targeting. And when they do match, you have incredible engagement because it relates to them and they love it and they don't feel like they're being sold and then they trust you and they build a relationship with you and that's what's going to drive business in the B2B world, relationships, even on social.
0: Yeah, well, everywhere, right? Even in social understanding. Yeah. I mean I think one of the yeah. one of the the things that, that I see with companies in B 2 B world is you know, I talked to many, 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 is that yeah, you know, they're reluctant they're now sort of becoming dependent on the technology and actually reluctant, ironically, to actually go out, leave the office and go talk to somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're reluctant to go out and talk to people. You will need to get out in front of people. I mean, you got to use technology as a tool to get you closer to people, not further away.
0: Okay. Good, good saying. I think you need to wrap that one. So, for, for your, your product, B2BX, now, is that something that's only available if people are also engaging you as a consulting company, or is it something that's a standalone we- product?
1: We did We did only offer it as a consulting company initially and then we realized that a lot of clients don't want the actual execution. They just want that portion of the technology and they want insights on how to use it. So we created a very affordable offering that just has a bunch of technologies and a call every month to be able to share it to help you with the insights to figure out how to use those insights in order to drive more sales. So yeah, now it's available as a separate offering as of 60 days ago.
0: And so this is meant to replace elements of the sales stack and MarTech stack that people have built on their own, cobbling together re- various...
1: Yeah, either replace it or complement it. Most of the time it's complemented. You know, you're know, you going to be like, oh, I already know uh, who comes to my website from HubSpot. No, HubSpot gives you a crappy version of that. We give you an organized version, we tell you who the names of the people are within the company, we give you their email addresses, we help you. Like, There's so much more that we do with our software, because we've tested out dozens of MarCom softwares within each one of the spaces whether it's showing you what people are doing showing you who they are and we found the right tools that actually give you much better information they're more expensive but they give you much better information they tie it in with CRM they tie it in with data with proper big data and we allow you to be able and then we have a call with you to actually show you how to actually use that whether it's with ABM or with any other strategy that you're using
0: yeah cuz it seems like one of the the problems that i'm seeing with companies with quote-unquote, big data, is they don't know how to really interrogate the data to understand, to ask the right questions about it.
1: That was the biggest issue with us. We were selling the technology standalone for a couple of weeks, You know, speaking to dozens of people, and they were like, yes, I have tons of technology I don't use. If you get on a call with me every single month and show me how to interpret this technology, or show me how to use these insights, I'll buy the technology. So that's what we do now. And that's our competitive advantage, the fact that we're able to invest And getting on the phone with these companies, with these directors of sales, with these directors of marketing, with these CEOs, and showing them what they could be doing, giving them the ideas that they need, the strategies and tactics that they can implement on their own has been invaluable for our clients.
0: Excellent. Good. So Joe, tell folks how they can find out more about you and and connect with you.
1: Yeah, so to find out more about our company, go to www.ajaxunion.com if you want to find out more about B2BX, go to AjaxUnion.com slash B2BX. I encourage all of you to connect with me on LinkedIn. I have one of the most popular profiles on LinkedIn within my space. I have a five-star profile. Go look me up, Joe Applebaum on LinkedIn. You could also check out my Facebook. I'm extremely active, and I have a lot of motivational stuff that I do on there. I do selfies, and I do lives, and I do all types of stuff. If you want to check out my personal website, if you want to hire me as a speaker, or you want to check out my personal podcast, I have a podcast where I support entrepreneurs to create seven-figure breakthroughs in their life. Go to joeapfelbaum.com and you can see that right there. I have an amazing podcast on iTunes called The Breakthrough Maze, where I coach people anonymously to help create seven-figure breakthroughs in their life. And my goal is to create one million seven-figure breakthroughs for entrepreneurs. So I'm really excited about what I'm doing. I'm really excited about our business and about supporting businesses to grow, specifically sales teams, And
0: marketing teams in the B2B space. All right. Perfect. Joe, thanks a lot. Thank you. Friends, thanks for spending this time. Oh, great. Glad you enjoyed it. So, friends, thanks for spending this time with me today. Make sure you come back tomorrow or the next day, whenever, for the next great episode of Accelerate. Get a chance before then. I really appreciate you go to iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review. We want to know what we can do to make this even a more valuable experience for you. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.